Well, hey there, dead and lovely listeners. It's the brand newest installment of the goddamn fucking greatest podcast you ever heard in your stinking lives. What do you think about that? Huh? Yeah. Deal with it. Coming in a little bit hot. Uh, maybe I should try okay, again. Yeah, should we should again. be a little less aggressive. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. All are welcome to the newest. Fuck insta- you. Oh, shit. <laughs> heel turn. Oh, no. What? What Fucking happened? heel turn in there, dude. <laughs> NWO. For life. <laughs> shit, dude. Yes, indeed. Anyway. It is the brand newest installment of Dead and Lovely. Here with the host that's the most. It's me, your horror host, Uncle Ben. And me, your uh, rom-com host, Hollywood Steve. I'm just looking for love. Oh, is that so? No, no, I've got all sorts of it. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) And we are here today to be talking about Elvira, Mr. Russ of the Dark. From what, 1988? Jesus fucking nailed it. Yeah. 88, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, if you want to get on to the movie review portion, there is a timestamp for you down in the podcast description, but we're going to be doing a whole lot of good old fashioned free range hanging out before that. You don't want to miss out on that. Mm-hmm. A lot yep. of chin wagon going on here, mm-hmm. but wagon, if you just want to get on to it, find out if you should watch this hilarious fucking great movie. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Yeah, you should. Yeah, watch it. Yeah. You'll enjoy it. We I just imagine. saved you a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> be sure to rate us on Spotify. Yeah. Just Please. take a second. Yeah. Don't even, even sign though, in. Even for some reason, they don't upload our mini-sodes, the bastards. I got to find out what's going on with that, because there's a glitch in the Matrix here that didn't upload mm-hmm. our uh, Me and Kate's Scream 5 episode yeah. that we put up. It just is not yeah. going up on Spotify for no reason. So I'd like yeah, to I, give Spotify a negative review. Yeah, negative review to Spotify yeah. until they fix it. Oh, wait, if we give them a negative review, that does that like give us more stars? Yeah. We've this... taken them away from them exactly. and put them on. So negative five to them. So we're now a 10 on Spotify. Perfect. You're welcome. Even though it's a scale of five, it's just like we're we're fucking that good, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed, man. Dude, Take how you that, been doing this Joe week, Rogan. man? Um, <laughs> I've been doing well, man. I've been uh, just kicking it. We've uh, had all sorts of fun just sitting around, not doing a damn thing, honestly. <laughs> Doing some birthday, huh? Yeah, Emily had her birthday. Um, boy, I, you know, uh, it was a fun old time. We had food. We uh, watched some films. We enjoyed ourselves. Just really relaxed for her birthday because school started back for her recently, and she Uh-oh. has been stressed. So back to a squala, huh? Yeah, so it was a good time. We had fun and uh, really enjoyed ourselves. Had to, We went to the Melting Pot in downtown Knoxville, which is a, it's a like a fondue restaurant. Mm, and, okay. Uh, they yes, have like yes. a four-course thing that they do where they have like a, a cheese fondue starter with like some bread and like vegetables and stuff you can mm-hmm. dip in the cheese. Yes. Then you, then you have a salad course. You got... Several different salads to choose from. I went with a Caesar. They put some like candied pine nuts in the Caesar. It was good. Oh, was a czar salad. Very nice. I enjoyed the salad yeah, of yeah. the czar himself. Now, at what the point, czar like, himself. what course is just putting your hand in the cheese and bringing it to the face? I wish that was the entire meal, honestly. <laughs> like, that is 100% the best part. They, you also do like a, 
it's like a like a, a flavored broth that you didn't you then cook your meat in and uh as as you cook the various different meats in it it starts to get more and more flavor and man it, it's a cool deal i mean i don't normally prefer boiled meat but it's good <laughs> i'll tell you what you just you dang old lib i know that you oh. think that's pretty neat or whatever but i'm here to tell you what a sad state of affairs it is when people don't want to work so bad that you ain't even got a cook in a restaurant no more. They just bring it to you and you cook on it yourself. I thought this was America. It's a good point. I didn't think about that. Wow. They, People just they probably don't should have paid work. me an hourly wage while I was there mm, for yeah. making my own food. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's the future them, them libs <laughs> want. Uh, I mean, if it tastes as good as the melting pot, I'm down. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> you know, I've never been. That's one of those places like I've always heard about, wow. but have somehow okay. just never gone to. Yeah, I had never gone until I got with uh, with my wife when we started dating. Her family loves the place. You she know, comes from a family of dunkers. The, yeah, a family of dunkers. It, it and I, th- I think like. Uh, when we were dating was the first time I had gone and I, I, I talked about it last week. Like my, um, my aunt and uncle had a fondue set growing up and they would do fondue and we would play board games and watch like TGIF. Mm-hmm. But all we ever did was the cheese. Okay. Like, okay. We just made cheese and then they would make like, uh, sausage balls and like, Ooh. you know, little, little smokies and stuff like that. You could dip into the cheese and it's it was a very it was keto rad. family, it awesome. man. It's just a big old keto clan. <laughs> now, it, let me ask you it this. It was awesome. Now, if you guys did this while you guys were dating, that means that you guys were still Mormonies at that time. Now I yeah. know that Mormons get down with soaking, but is Duncan okay as a Mormon? <laughs> <laughs> you can just soak, dunk it but you there. can't dunk. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Cause the dunk, the, well, listen, I feel like you got to dunk to soak, don't you? I mean, yeah, that's the first step to soaking. You get dunking. the one dunk, the single dunk. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you might as well make it worthwhile. <laughs> that first dunk. Might as well like tomahawk dunk it or like behind the back or 360. <laughs> like <laughs> Deep dunking. Yeah, deep dunking. <laughs> It'll improve the soak. <laughs> Some people listening right now have no idea what the fuck we're talking it's about. Okay. Just go with it. Just it's go okay. Just go with it. Yeah, I want to okay. put out like a dead and lovely merch shirt that just says Duncan and soaking and Duncan and soaking and Duncan and soaking. Soaking and Duncan and soaking. That's a shirt. I would fucking buy that shirt. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> like mainly people would just like give me the most bizarre looks and be like what, what the, the fuck does your shirt mean? Dunkin' is that about and chocolate soaking? chip cookies? What is going on? <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's about Oreos. I'm a big yeah, Oreo for fan. Sure. Dunkin' big Oreo and soaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> till dawn. Dunkin' till and soaking da- till dawn, oh, baby. Damn. That's eating a lot of fucking Oreos. Do you think we could do like a smooth R&B, like R. Kelly style song that's like Dunkin' and soaking? I can't imagine why we couldn't. <laughs> I'm gonna dunk you, babe, and then I'm gonna soak I'm you, gonna babe. Dunk you. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Okay. Dunk, 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 soak, 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 soak. 
<laughs> okay, yeah, that's moving toward the Cisco direction makes it a whole lot easier. Yeah. It's better to go in that direction than the R. Kelly direction, let's be honest. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Cisco, you know, he, he definitely, he wanted to see your thong, but he didn't want to piss on you, so no. that was good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on from Duncan and Soak, and I'm glad you had a okay. good time at the Melting Pot. That should be their slogan, Melting Pot. Duncan and Soakin'. Yeah, where you come with your family and loved ones to dunk and soak. Dunk and soak. Yeah. Yep. Come I dunk and it. soak at the melting pot. The Duncan pot. It'll sell well, I think. <laughs> we should start our In own rival, Tennessee. rival chain restaurant called the Duncan and Soakin' Pot. <laughs> yes. And we give you way more cheese. I mean, it's just cheese. <laughs> That's all you need is the cheese. Yeah. Duh. All you need is cheese. Come and dunk and soak with us at the melting pot. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm glad that that was good. I need to try that out myself. Uh, the melting pot. The yeah. Dunkin' and Soakin'. I've yeah. done all that, but the melting pot, yeah. I need to check that out. Dunk, you've dunked and soaked, but oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you should you, you should check it out. It is, um, it's uh, not cheap, but uh, I definitely got like 12 ounces of filet, so. Huzzah. Yeah, it was dope. Anyway, go ahead with whatever. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what. I've had a I've had a good week, man. The past like week or so, I've really just been trying to soak up all the uh the lovely free mm-hmm. time that I have had because I, I took a sabbatical from teaching through December and January. Uh just to regain focus and mental strength and so on. Yeah. And it has been lovely. There's there's a lot of my students that I really fucking miss seeing every week and everything and I'm excited mm-hmm. to get back to them come February. Have you been training in hypergravity like Goku? Oh, of course. I mean, is there any other oh, okay. way? Good. Cool. Yeah. I don't know. I can't uh, imagine. Obviously. Just shredding <laughs> in fucking hyperspace like you do. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it's just been kind of nice, man. Like, I kind of had plans going into this sabbatical to be like, okay, cool. And while I'm taking time off, I'll, um, you know, plan out this huge lesson course or write a book or do something crazy. Like, in my head, I was thinking mm-hmm. I'd do all this stuff. In reality, what I needed to do more than anything is just fucking breathe and chill and play guitar for fun, like not yeah. for a lesson yeah. or a gig or a video, like just play gotcha. guitar. And uh, it has been uh, fucking lovely. It's been a delight and just a great way to, to refocus myself. So I've just been kind of enjoying taking it pretty easy. But at the same time, you know, looking ahead at the next couple of weeks about how much stuff i've got coming up and being like okay i'm ready i've had a break i've had a little That's little cool. siesta i'm ready to get rolling again uh-huh. rick rolling yeah. again <laughs> never gonna give you up Mm-mm, no no guitar no. i'm never gonna give you up that's what you said to it, and then you, did. you just jumped into a chain link fence. Mm-hmm, like you do, obviously. <laughs> but I have had time to watch a few flicks, man. Um, okay. So last week, Kate and I put out our Scream 5 episode. We went and saw the newest yeah. Scream in the theaters. Uh-huh. And dude, I'll tell you, I think it's pretty good. I've, I've, heard, pretty good. I've heard great things, so yeah. I'm excited to see it. Yep, so definitely go do that. And uh, we also watched ourselves a little movie, What Star, a Burt Reynolds, and what also star okay. Dolly's Parton. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the best little whorehouse in where? The state, the country of Texas. That's right. This, well, it's, a, it's a state. Yeah, it's a state. Yeah, it's a country. Um, it's a nation. The nation of Texas. Last oh, time no. I checked. No, no. <laughs> 
No, yeah. it's been a while since that was true. Okay, it's the been, continent been of years. Texas. It's a continent. Okay, yeah, that is correct. It is an entire continent on its own. Yep, that's right, man. Dude, this uh, movie yeah, is best ridiculous. In Texas. Yeah, it of course is it a is. Silly one. Like I went into it uh, not knowing anything. We watched it with, uh, with with Kate's parents and stuff because they've watched that movie for like forever. And I went into it not knowing anything. I was like, I think it's maybe a musical, and I knew it had Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton in it. That's that's mm-hmm. all. No, I mean, is that not enough? I mean, that's pretty much it, honestly. When yeah. you get down to it, that pretty much is it. But it is a ridiculous, silly, fun movie. And I also feel like kind of has some, maybe a little bit of ties to the subject of today's show in a few ways. Okay. Uh, very sex positive movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. I really think uh, pe- people have pointed out that they we would all love uh, to see a buddy comedy movie with Elvira and Dolly playing sister. Oh, my God. Fuck, like, yeah. That would be amazing, right? Shit, yeah. Sign me the fuck mm-hmm. up. I'll get on that GoFundMe list to get that thing started. Give me that Kickstarter yeah, link, 100%. dude. 100%. So uh-huh, fucking good. For sure. Yeah, Best of Little Whorehouse, it was really fun and really body and vulgar, but really silly and uh, stupid, and I enjoyed it very much. A good yeah. contrast to the three-part Iceman Killer documentary series that we watched on HBO this week. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. Old Richard Kuklinski yeah. himself, the yeah. Iceman Killer. HBO did like a three-part series with him in like the early 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had never seen it before, and we- uh, He's a fucked up individual. Oh, my God, dude. We started watching this series, and we were both just like, holy fucking shit, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, to say that he's cold or chilling seems like just buying into the stereotype of the Iceman. Well, of course he's cold. But, dude, yeah. to listen to that guy talk mm-hmm. and recollect some of the things that he has done with just zero emotion. I mean, it, yeah. it's, like, it's like listening to scripted dialogue. Like, if this is in a movie, you would watch this and be like, man, alive, the dialogue is fucking amazing in this. But it's just a guy talking about people that he murdered. And he murdered yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. He, like, bought a crossbow and then just tested it on a random person in a park. Yeah, just to see what, what it would do. It would, yeah. Turns out it would kill yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. I could have told him it's that, like, honestly. It's not even, like a, like, a pleasurable thing for him, though. That's the thing. Nope. Like, it's just a thing he did. Yep. It really is. Like, he's it not is like, enjoying it. He's no. not feeling remorse about it. It's just a thing. Yeah. And you get the impression, too, that he would do stuff just to see if he could make himself feel anything. It's like he was conscious yeah. enough to know, like, huh, if I, you know, soak a dog in gasoline and set it on fire, as he frequently did as a child, I yeah. should feel an emotion, but I don't. Let's try it again yeah. and see if I feel anything. It's like there was a self-consciousness there that knew... I should be feeling something. Yeah. God yeah. damn, it is nuts, dude. It's seriously like know, chilling and amazing. Did you know that that documentary series was the uh, seed that birthed Stone Cold Steve Austin? Say what? Yeah, he saw that. Um, he saw that documentary series, and he he you know he was uh, at the time he was the ringmaster with Ted DiBiase as his manager and he wanted, you know, to move beyond that. And he, he, you know, suggest he told them about this Iceman documentary and said he wanted, you know, a character who was just cold and calculating. 
and uh, NFL or uh, uh, WWE creative came back to him with just the dumbest ideas, like a character named Chili McFreeze. <laughs> That's cool. Anyway, like, so like he his wife at the time was British, and they like you know he he was sitting with her in the kitchen, and like he had just gotten this like sort of call with the, these stupid ideas, and uh, she he she were having tea at the time and he you know i guess was upset and just sort of venting about it and uh, she said to him hurry up and drink your tea or it'll get stone cold uh-oh and that's, that was the birth of stone cold so the that documentary series and his wife wanting him to finish his tea seriously that's where stone, like one of the tea? greatest wrestling personas of all time came from <laughs> From a cup of hot tea that was yeah. threatening going stone to cold. To get stone cold, yep. <laughs> but also maybe the most prolific murderer in American history. Right. Also that, yeah. Contrast. And then we all cheered him on and he drank a bunch of beer. I, it it all co- comes together somehow. <laughs> you know, and now it totally makes sense as to why, like, in the middle of this super dark, deep interview with this psychologist, he took out two keystones and smashed them against his forehead. <laughs> I do recall that now. <laughs> huh. Yeah. And he just kept shattering glass. Yeah. And he talked about his like favorite way to execute uh, you know, enemies of the mob was to first like do a kick in the stomach. Yep. <laughs> and then the finisher would start after that. So yeah. Right. It does make sense. You gotta set it up with the stomach kick. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's it's amazing. It's a three part series. I bet. It's like forty two yeah. minutes. Honestly, like okay, the first part is all these uh, like details about his life and uh, how he got caught and all this kind of shit. And then the second and third episodes, a lot of it's kind of like rehash of stuff that you already heard about in the first episode, especially the yeah. second one. But the third one's pretty cool because it's him sitting with a psychologist and uh, talking with him and stuff. So definitely yeah, I've seen fucking that. interesting. I've seen the interview portion. Yeah. Um, I've also seen the the Iceman uh, starring Michael Shannon. Yeah, Michael Shannon, which uh, is really... Very, uh, it's good, but man, it, it glosses over it how glosses horribly over lot, he treated his family, sure. dude. Holy yeah. shit. It glosses over yeah. like how much he fucking beat his wife and stuff. And yeah, it, look it like tries to make man. him look more... Yeah, it tries to make him look more like a family man, and it's just like, no, that's not correct. But no. it was a good movie. Yeah, it was. Michael Shannon, dude. Holy fuck. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. That guy's amazing. Awesome. But yeah, definitely cool. But yeah, recommend watching that Iceman thing. Leave a little bit of time for like a, you know, like a Disney movie or a Try Guys episode on YouTube after that. <laughs> You're going to want to lighten up, but it's seriously amazing. And uh, also amazing, we finished the newest season of Sex Education. Holy fuck, man. This show yeah. is incredible. I'm telling you, man. You like it, it? Is one, it, okay. It's easily one of the best shows that I have seen in my life period. It is so all right. funny and sweet and endearing and like real life important. I, I wish that everybody could watch this show. Like uh, especially okay. young people, man. Like I wish that young people would watch this. I wish that adults would watch this because it, it, it totally pinpoints too that like, yeah, adults are still figuring stuff out as they go too. Like they have oh, as yeah, much for sure. fucked up stupid stuff in their life as the kids do. It's seriously incredible. You've not watched any of it yet, have you? No, I haven't. God damn, dude. You gotta watch it. Like, I think Emily would really okay. like it, too. You guys just need to sit down and just blow through a few episodes. I'm sure that you would love it. I'm sure I would, too, yeah. I, I've only heard good things, and, uh, you know, 
It's got Dana Scully in it. So yeah, it does. It's got the and it's on the Netflix. So that means everybody can watch it. Every yeah, everybody has a Netflix. Like, That's right. It's just given to you. <laughs> Bequeathed. Bequeathed. Here you go. Here's a Netflix password. Yep. Yeah. But seriously, fucking great. Definitely watch it. Yeah, I got to check it out. Yep. Yep. What have you been watching on, man? Um. Well. We had a, a little Friday night screaming chat where we watched Metamorphosis, the alien factor. Based on Kafka's work, the Metamorphosis? No, okay. <laughs> is it? Question mark? I mean, no, it's not, <laughs> but there is a Metamorphosis, so there is that uh, similarity. Based on but a story by Franz <laughs> Kafka. That's what it. That's exactly what it said when it came up. Franz so. Kafka. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. It. Boy. Big Rubber Monster. Eighties. Or actually, nineteen ninety. I think. Um. You're selling it, me. It's uh, basically a big dick monster. With oh, teeth. I'm in, dude. I'm like, fucking way into that. It, it's not. I mean, the the rubber suit monster is cool. I like that for sure. And there's some great effects moments, but it is boring it is oh. so long oh no man yeah. then on um on uh sunday on ice cream sunday we watched beyond death's door or dream's mm. door sorry beyond dream's door okay and this sounds like a was... fucking like modern prog metal album is that what it is, is yeah it just like an hour-long concept uh, you know album what? i would call it prog horror <laughs> maybe <laughs> okay like it, some odd time signatures trying... in there okay it was definitely trying to like do some dream realm stuff, but it was also like, uh, I, mean, I don't, I did not care for it at all. It was way too much, just trying too hard when really it could have just been a fun effects movie because the effects mm. were okay. Okay, all right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It, 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 not not fun. That's on Shutter though. So go check it out if you got Shutter and you well, want right. to waste an hour and a half. I don't. Um, <laughs> also on uh, Saturday, the Jack of All Graves Book Club oh. met to discuss my sister, the serial killer, and boy, I really enjoyed that book. So um, check that out. Look at you, it book is... reading, using your college degree to read a book. Look at you. I'm working on it. I'm trying to trying to do some more at book reading. But uh, yeah, my sister's a serial killer. Was uh, it's it's short. It's uh, set in Lagos, uh, Nigeria, I believe. And okay. Yeah, it's uh, it is interesting. It's not what I expected, but the, that was good because the the ending or kind of. Not, not really a twist, but like reveal in the ending was way better than anything I was planning for. Does so. it turn out her sister is a serial killer? <laughs> in fact, you know that well ahead of time from the title. <laughs> the cover fucking spoils the whole thing. That's the yeah. thing with this book. Like, you just have to wrap it in brown paper and hand it to somebody. Yeah. And be like, read and tell this. them, don't look at the title. Yeah, exactly. And like the title page, rip that out. That way it doesn't go yeah. in, you know, haven't already been spoiled. Yeah, they'll figure it out pretty quick. The book's not shy about it. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that uh, that was great. And the, the book club's awesome. So uh, next month, 
if you want to join in, we're doing Mexican Gothic. So, hmm. and when I read the description of that, it uh, one of the back cover descriptions was Lovecraft meets the Brontes in Mexico, which okay. is right. uh, very interesting to me. So I can't wait to see what that is. Now, I'm not saying I'm not interested, but how many of these things do I have to participate in to get my free personal pan pizza? <laughs> Fuck, that's a great idea. There need to be adult book clubs that lead to free personal pan pizzas. Dude, I've had this idea for a long time, and and honestly, not to trademark Dead Lovely. Please, somebody steal this idea because it'd be so fun. But, like, at so many of these awesome bars that have, like, huge patios, like uh, like Merchants of Beer right. in Knoxville, where they have these huge patio areas where everybody can congregate outside, and there's tables and all this jazz, I really wish that somebody out there at their bar would do, like, an adult book fair day, where it's, like, you buy, oh, yeah? you know, two pints, and you go and pick out a book. And it's just, like, everybody uh-huh. brings books. Or maybe, like, you could find a local library that would donate some used yeah. books or something. But it's just uh-huh. like you buy two pints, go pick out a book and make a friend and talk to somebody like that would be fucking awesome. But they also have to have stickers and posters. Obviously. It can't just be books. Oh, we're adults. We don't care about stickers. No, we need stickers. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. This somebody, sounds great. Please do it. Yeah. No, uh, please. Uh, uh, and if you do, you don't have to thank us, but you definitely should. Yeah, you definitely should at least <laughs> rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And yeah, Spotify. there you go. You know, that's the the least you can do for us. Okay, so go ahead and do that. Thank you. Well, good times, man. So, Is that about all yeah. you've been up to consuming this week? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I have some other stuff, but a little peek behind the scenes. Uh-oh. We're recording two episodes today. Double header. So we can finally get back ahead a week. So you'll hear... The rest of what I got to say <gasps> on the next episode. Ooh. And you'll find out what that is at the end of this episode. Look out. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Gives you a reason to stay tuned. I like that. You're getting them with the, with the hook in the yeah. mouth right there, aren't you? Yeah. They'll never figure it out. No. Unless they listen all the way to the end. All the way through. That's right, man. Well, mm-hmm. you know what, Steve? The subject of today's show is one. Okay. Let's hear it. Elbira. Oh yeah, uh huh. Yeah, I'm I'm prepared to talk about that, so I should have known. Okay, I, I hope you prepared and watched the movie. <laughs> I did, yeah, several times. Because this movie does star one Cassandra Peterson. That's right. In the titular role, see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, that's a joke she would make. I got that boob jokes. Good. That's why I made it. Yeah. So I was like, that seems on on yeah. brand. So yeah, we'll go with it. <laughs> And, dude, she's one of those people that is obviously an extremely talented person that can do yeah. many things. Uh, but we just kind of know her as that one role. Like, when you think mm-hmm. about her, you're like, who's that? Who's that? Elvira. Huh? Elvira, that's who you say to yourself when you think of her, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. But it got me to thinking, she ain't the only one. So I say that before we get into the review, let's stop on in at the Preview Palace. Welcome to the Preview Palace. Ooh, as suggested by our good friend, Lindsay, who was a guest star whoa, on whoa, our whoa. mother episode a couple of years back. Thanks, L-Bomb. Yeah, we were really struggling to like come up with a cool like idea yeah. for this one. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay had it in like five seconds. She's like, oh, this is what you should do. Turns out she was fucking right. Yeah. 
So yeah. thank you, Lindsay. Well, we'll find out. I mean, we we came up with some good stuff. But what if while we're doing this, we just suddenly start hearing the audience boo? Oh, dude. And like I get like yeah. a, a random like huge 32-ounce beer thrown at my head. And I'm like, where the fuck no, did that come no. from? Splash. Boo, stop this. I hate this preview palette. Oh, no. It could happen, fuck. man. So let's I kick it not. off by talking about Hitler. I mean, oh, who no. do you think about when you think <laughs> Hitler? Just Hitler. Just the one guy, yeah, I guess. Oh, shit. We're fucking blowing it, dude. We got to bring Fuck. it back. We got to bring it out of the yeah. gutter. Turn, turn that around. Turn it around. I want to go ahead and start one here with a dude who is much loved and much adored by the dead and lovely community, obviously, as we've talked about him very many times. Because you don't think of Jim Varney. You think of Ernest. That's that's just mm-hmm. the guy. Like, And it's kind of funny, too, right. because Ernest comprised so many different characters. Right. But at the end of yeah. the day... He is just Skinny John Cena, also known as Ernest <laughs> P. <laughs> you can't yeah. see him. You can't see him. Now, uh, I will contend that some of us also remember his amazing turn as Jed Clampett in the Beverly Hillbillies movie. Dude. But that does not have the cultural impact that any Ernest movie does. So. Well, you know, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, there are a few people on this list that we're going to talk about here that, you know, have had They've other obviously great done other stuff, yeah. right? But we're talking about what they're known for. Yeah. yeah, totally, man. These are the people that, uh, you know, we frequently play Who's Your Tom Cruise, the game that was taught to us by right. Andy Wood, yeah. where you just yeah. kind of, like, name the character you think of when you think about that particular actor. Uh-huh. I think with pretty much all these on our list here, these are the people that, if you were playing that game, everybody would come up with the would same answer, the same right? answer, yep. Okay, Su- such as Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, Mr. Bean. It's Mr. Bean. Yeah. You're, I mean, even if you would be like, oh, him in Love Actually. It's like, yeah, he was Mr. Bean in Love Actually. Like, yeah. What, what? Like, come on. That's I guess he is, he is like Johnny English. <laughs> Isn't that the, <laughs> that one movie he did where he's like a spy or whatever? He's still but, just Mr. Bean, though. It's like he, he's he just will Mr. always Bean. be that yeah. character, man. That, yeah. that stuff got introduced to me where, like, there was that weird period in the... I feel like early 90s where PBS was pushing like a lot of British comedies like Faulty Towers and Are You Being Served oh, yeah, that was, and Mr. Yeah. Bean. Throughout the 80s and 90s, yeah, you could you could see like even Monty Python and stuff on Yeah, on totally, PBS. man. Yeah. And uh-huh. I, I got exposed to a pretty good bit of that stuff as a kid and Mr. Bean, mm-hmm. you know, especially as a young uh, a young uncle was just the most hilarious shit in the world. Now I, w- I go back yeah. and I watch some of it and I'm like, oh, okay, this is fucking not that cool. But I mean, come on. <laughs> Made an impact on us, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, Mister Bean, and that—that's yeah, that's the Rowan Atkinson role. Now, what about another childhood favorite for us? What do you know about one Peter Paul Rubens, Renaissance painter <laughs> turned children's entertainer turned public yeah. masturbator turned children's entertainer yeah. turned adults right. entertainer? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's he is of course Pee Wee Herman. Like that's him. He has other roles, and uh, you know we we've seen him in Batman Returns as like the Penguin's dad or whatever. But Buffy like, the Vampire Slayer, you, yeah, you yes, great at it. But we think about Pee Wee, or we think about Paul Rubens. You think about Pee Wee. That's the thing that you don't think about Paul Rubens. Iconic, yeah, and we'll be talking more about him as as Pee Wee or uh, Paul Rubens and Cassandra Peterson are friends. Yep, and they were both groundlings, and uh, uh, Cassandra Peterson was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So there, there's uh, uh, some some interplay with these two icons who are known very much for one role. 
Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. Very much like, uh, like let's say, another person that, that haunted our childhoods. What do you know about one Jaleel White? <laughs> haunted you know, our childhoods. I was expecting Robert England there. Nope. And you came with <laughs> Jaleel White. And you're correct. I can't argue you. You are correct. Well, you know what? Absolutely not, though. Because he's also Stefan Arkell. He's also Stefan Arkell. I was going to point that yeah. out. It's like it's kind of interesting with that dude right there because really he played two iconic characters. But yeah, I, I feel yeah. bad, honestly, for so many of the people that played like nerds or geeks or some kind of outcast when we were kids. Oh, yeah. Like him and like, mm-hmm. like Dustin Diamond, like Screech. It's just like he's not Dustin Diamond. Yeah. He's Screech. He's always going to be yeah. a nerd. He's not Jaleel White. He is uh-huh. fucking Urkel. And that's just always how we're going to see him. Like, that yeah. really I sucks. I feel less bad for Jaleel White because he definitely didn't uh, like because like he he like definitely got to show that he was a handsome, attractive dude by totally. being Stefan Urkel. Yeah. Whereas Screech was always like supposed to be annoying. Yeah. And unfortunately, if you know much about uh, Saved by the Bell, he was like two years younger than everybody. Oh. So he got kind of left out all the time. And it's just like. He was actually being a dork in reality, and it's just like that it had to be real hard on him. I, yeah, you're right there. That, that, that has to suck. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. So, oh well, and R.I.P. He's dead, isn't he? Yeah, he did. He died oh. uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. What has uh, Jaleel White done otherwise? I, no, I want to yeah, say no, he's I, Urkel. He's I Urkel. saw <laughs> something else recently where it's like he has. God damn, I I might be completely wrong about this, or maybe this is just some kind of fucking fever dream or something. I want to say I saw that he has like a weed line or something. No, that's awesome. <laughs> if that's the case, then that's fucking awesome. Fact check me there. Do not quote me on that. Yeah. But I want to say that I, I, I saw true. he was peddling something, whether it be like yeah. a fashion line or a weed line or something cool. I, I hope was he's like, got, all right, yeah, I hope he's you. got like two strains. One's like the did I do that that makes you turn into a full on Steve Urkel <laughs> and one like Makes you chill and relax. That's yeah. the Stefan Urkel. Makes you smooth. Yeah. I like that, man. Uh-huh. I like that one. <laughs> but yeah, that's a dude that, like, I don't even know if he really acted much anything outside of that role. I mean, I, he, he was a child actor before that, but yeah, after that, I can't imagine why you need to, though. Like, if you had that many years on primetime television back then, it was a lot of money. No like, kidding. You, you, could, you could pull off a lot of money, so... I, I I hope I hope he made his money off of being the dorkiest guy in the world. I'll tell you what, I also hope that that that, that poor amazing acting young dude that played Joffrey on Game of Thrones made his money. Uh, oh man, Jack Gleason, yeah. Jack Gleason, uh-huh. dude. I I mm-hmm. hope it was worth being like universally hated from morons that can't separate fiction from reality right. that he apparently was like getting treated like shit in real life and it's like you realize yeah, well, he's just a apparently from what i've heard he's a, a wonderful guy so yeah yeah but uh he will he'll he'll kind of always be joffrey it seems yeah but, i mean he retired too i think he said that he, he did like, he quit. retired from acting because of it yeah maybe hopefully you know because he was really good that's why they hated him yeah like, dude because he was so good yeah very effective yeah. clearly right yeah, I, I I hope he does come back to acting, and maybe he has. So I'm not up to date on it. I know he retired shortly after Game of Thrones, but maybe he's got some perspective now. It's it Game of Thrones is not everything. In fact, people don't even care about it anymore. 
that's kind of the thing, right? Is like ultimately when the series that made you famous and made you, you know, kind of hated in mm-hmm. real life turned out to be also sort of hated it by most people. It kind of shit the bed after you die. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, yes, it did. Yeah, kind of like that's. You could say you were on while you were on the show. It was really good. Well, it was good while I was alive. He could <laughs> yeah, say, <so. laughs> and he's not wrong. Yep, he's yeah. exactly right about that. Now, some people just play such an incredible character that they do it like one time, and it is just etched into the our Wycliffe. Yeah, the one times, two mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure that she has acted in in other stuff. But to horror fans. Felissa Rose yeah. is just cemented as being Little Miss Sleepaway Camp. And that's just the yeah, only yeah. way that we see her. Yeah, yeah. She uh she's always gonna be Angela. Like that um but like she's Felissa Rose has made a, a career out of that, and that's sure. awesome. Like oh, yeah. she still gets she's into she's in tons of like uh indie horror movies and stuff and she was she was in the hatchet series i believe wasn't she i think so Um, yeah 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 she does seem to have like celebrated it though like i think it would have been and i'm sure that there probably were times where she was just like oh my god i miss twist ending from sleepaway camp and i can't really get away from that but it seems like she has really embraced it and loves being a part of the entire horror uh yeah you know subculture yeah, she's the mangled dick expert on uh, uh, Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Like, <laughs> and they use her surprisingly a lot. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, like she's great and amazing. And uh, being known as Angela now, I think now that we're you know what forty years away from Sleepaway Camp, like, uh, and it's iconic. Like people see you know that that role is iconic like that's got to be an awesome thing to be known for right for sure man for sure yeah and she's not alone in the world of aura what do you know about our good old buddy bobby uk yeah robert england bobby uk yeah. isn't it yeah we've seen robert england in other things but um not you know that is his most iconic role and it's like one of the most iconic horror roles of all time. So Ever. that's like, again, and he got to do it in what, uh, 10 movies? Something like that, yeah. Or nine <laughs> movies, yeah. Like, he got to do it in so many movies. So that's great. Like, he just got to have a wonderful career. Really wish they'd make a good new installment of Elm Street. And uh, you don't have to have Robert England in it. We've talked about it before, though. It would be cool to have... A, a, a old gunslinger Robert England coming out of retirement to kill some kids in their dreams. That right? that would be cool. Who yeah. wouldn't see that? Come on. Yeah, I'd love it. But yeah, you're right. You see him in other stuff, but you're always just like in the back of your head. You're like, oh, that's, that's Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. It's pretty uh-huh. cool. You know? yep. <laughs> Same with Linda Blair. Linda Blair has been in yeah. a ton of stuff, but come on. She's, she's sure. Reagan yeah. from The Exorcist. It's just, yeah, that is the uh-huh. defining role of her entire career, and uh, holy fuck, did she ever knock it out of the park, man. Listen to our, yeah, our Exorcist as a, episodes as a sometime. tween, she knocked it out of the park. Was she a tween then or a teen? She she was a very youngin', yeah. and she knocked it out of the park. So that that's a great role to be known for for the yeah. rest of your life. No kidding, man, no kidding. Yeah, so that's one of those roles that's just obviously super, super, super iconic. But she did a bunch of other stuff um, after yeah, that as does. well, of course. Mm-hmm. What do you know about one... Jay Muse and another Kevin Smith. Yeah, I mean they're always gonna be uh, 
Jay and Silent Bob. Like Kevin Smith, of course, has been in some of his other movies and has been in other movies, but like you don't really think of Johnny Mnemonic when you think of Kevin Smith. Like <laughs> not usually. Yeah, you think of all the times he's played Silent Bob in his own movies, or hasn't Jay and Silent Bob appeared in other movies? As yes, like they have. Sort of yeah, yep. that's right. So yeah, and especially so, yeah, Jason, and Mewes, Jason like, Mewes. He's been in a bunch of stuff, yeah. but he's always he's just Jason Mewes. Yeah, it's yeah. Jay. You know, <laughs> that's just how it is. I don't think it's possible yeah. to think of uh, you know either of those dudes and not just think, oh, it's Jay or Silent Bob. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely their defining roles, and I, I imagine they're proud of that because Jay is just playing himself. Like that's Jason Mewes just being himself. A hundred percent. That's, I mean, like. You look back at some of the the stuff in like Clerks and stuff, and he's a little risque. He's probably not like PC at the time, but like he's he's definitely like iconic in a way. Like, and he kind of captures a few different people I've known in my life. So that's a cool character to be known for. I think. I think so. I think so. Man. Yeah. And he's done well for himself. He's really uh. He went through some very fucking dark times. Yeah, and yeah he's uh, he's cleaned mm-hmm. up his act and become apparently a great dad and uh, really great. cool dude. So good on him, man. Mm-hmm. Now just imagine though, you're a guy who can act, you can sing, you can dance, mm-hmm. you can be up mm-hmm. there on if the I wanna. on the stage. You can leave your friends behind, even. <laughs> Hell, you can even go in the Wayback Machine and be in the burning, but you're still George Costanza. Absolutely. Jason Alexander will always be George Costanza. It doesn't matter that, like, yeah, like, we see him in the burning and he's got hair and he's, like, he's way cooler than George. Like, it doesn't matter that we've seen him be normal, everyday type of guy. He's always going to be George Costanza. Bless him. When you see him. Just yep. That's it. You want him to blow his fucking top over nothing. It's it's awesome. We've been watching a lot of like old Seinfeld fucking reruns and stuff lately. Oh, yeah. God, God damn, man. I swear to God, that show <laughs> is still just, it's yeah. so fucking good, man. I was telling Kate the other day, it's like, uh, as I've said many times, like we, you know, we are 90s kids and we love friends and that's something that we like bonded over mm-hmm. way early on in our relationship. So as, as corny and as dated and stuff as friends is, we still love it. Seinfeld, I feel like you can go back and watch and be like, this is still just fucking slamming and hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like, it's one of those things that's not like, oh, you had to be there in the 90s to get it. It's like, no, I don't don't think so. I think it's really just just fucking good. I mean, like, assholes translate all the time. Like, you get why they're assholes and why it's funny that they're being this type of asshole. Yeah, it, it stands up, I think. Yep, yep, yep. Totally, man. So that's some good shit right there. Um, let's go back to the 90s here for a second as well and talk about a dude. What was the companion of another dude who wanted $1 million? <laughs> talking about Mini-Me? I'm talking about Mini-Me, a.k.a. Vern Troyer. Vern Troyer, yeah. Who has been who in a ton of shit. Other roles, yeah, tons of other stuff. But the one where he is face to the camera that we know about, that this guy, he's a main... He's a, one of the main stars in this. Yeah. He doesn't even talk. Like, <laughs> it's Mini-Me. It's Vern Troyer. That, that's who we think of. And, like, that he became beloved because of that role. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah, you that's, just that's, can't separate him to be from awesome. that role. It's Mini-Me. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. He also had some some rough stuff going on, of course, because 
of his condition and things like that and uh, drug abuse because of that his condition honestly yeah um but man he was beloved as many me yeah and like the um I think like uh, he he like appeared on like Celebrity Rehab or something. I think. Oh. But people don't people don't remember that. We all remember him as as Mini Me. The good times. He's beloved. Yeah. Definitely, man. Now, what yeah. do you know about a guy? What was so iconic and important that he could pilot a a spaceship all the way through the space, and also be the face of a horror man. <laughs> That was smooth, wasn't it? Are you talking about the, the <laughs> William Shatner mask that plays Michael Myers all the time? You're damn right I am. You're goddamn right. <laughs> that mask will always be known for that role. Yeah. No matter how it. many other movies it's in. Yep, that face is just like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the Myers face. Sick. Right. <laughs> when I see William Shatner, I frequently call him Old Myers yeah. face. Like that scene in Sleepless in Seattle when the Michael Myers mask shows up and we're all supposed to pretend like it's not Michael Myers. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh gosh, who's this guy? How come nobody's scared? (laughs) Old Billy Shatner, huh? Yeah. (laughs) What a guy. Astronaut Billy Shatner. Astronaut Billy Shatner. Yeah. That's him. Uh, Like octogenarian astronaut. You don't hear about those a lot. Wow, man. Yeah, usually they're just busy like being president badly. (laughs) Yep. 100%. (laughs) They like to stay on Earth and fuck shit up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He went out to space and fuck shit up. Yeah. I'm sure we left off your single iconic role, character, person, actor, actress thing of choice. That was smooth, wasn't it? Was that good? I think, yeah, I think, like, when you're trying to transition, you really want to, like, stumble over the words a lot. Okay, good. I did you it. Want, Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. So keep keep that up. Okay, okay. So we want to hear about yours over on the Facebook group. Join us, hang out, over 1,000 strong and growing Flintstones chewable style. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we want to hang out with you, so be sure to find us there on the Facebook. It's the only reason to sign on to that godforsaken fucking app. Uh, for future yeah, listeners yeah. on Meta, we're on Meta. Mm, How annoying. Mm. I think that's the first time I have said that out loud, and I fucking hate it. I find me on Meta. Mm-mm. It's not. Mm-mm. Uh, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Honestly, just, it's the I'm kind of thing, man. Out. I'm signing out at this point. Like, yeah. I'm not living in a metaverse. Sorry. Yeah. If it gets to that point and it's just like, hey, have you signed up to meta yet? I'll probably just be like, actually, no. I really just... Just not. I'm not doing not. it. No. Yeah. Nope. Because no. honestly... I'm like, fine without it. Yeah, I, I'm good. I'm totally good. Real world is more than enough. Let's not add mm-hmm. meta on top of yeah. it. Yeah. But you can hang out with us on the Facebook for now. Yeah, for now. Yeah. Or just anywhere else, just 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 send us a pigeon, like a carrier pigeon. That'd just be nice. Whisper in its ear. Go to Ben and Steve. They'll all find. They know where we're at. Yeah, send it with instructions to leave though, because I don't I don't want to like. Yeah, keep I don't want to keep pigeons. Yeah. Yeah, and you also yeah. sidestep the awkwardness when you get a carrier pigeon where it shows <laughs> up, and you're like, "So, do you want to like hang out? I got some." Bread in the fridge. I don't know. Some bird seed or uh, I don't. Do, I, do pigeons fresh drink. Out, I'm fresh out of worms, so not <laughs> those. Shoo! Get away! 
<laughs> Get around here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It gets awkward. So, yeah. Come hang out with us on the Facebook there. Have a good time. Yeah. Let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about the movie that we watched this week. This is a daggone old Patreon pick, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It Yay. was submitted by uh, Drum somebody. Roll, Samuel. I, somebody. I said it when I pulled it. Samuel, <laughs> I said it when I pulled it. <laughs> Samuel, I said it when I pulled it. That should be the name of your Thanks, autobiography. Sam. I said it when I pulled it, the Steven Spratling story. Right? Yeah. It's a good title. I love it. I love it. I get 10%. 10%. Wow. Damn, just for coming up with the title? Yeah, dude. You can't <sighs> fucking get any business if you don't advertise real good. So I'm putting in, you know, the All good right. name on the cover. Right. So yeah, I get a okay. piece of that. All right, then. Let's do it. Here we go. So this, one. this wonderful person who Steve said while he pulled it, Selected this movie, and I sure am glad that they did. This is the first time I have ever watched this flick. Uh, it's one of those ones that I'm sure that I had like seen on the you know streaming services and uh, movie store shelves and stuff, but just never mm-hmm. was was interested to check it out because I, I know nothing of the Elvira character. Like I never watched the show. Okay. I really have just had no exposure other than seeing Elvira in like you know. What was it? She did like some Coors beer ads or something. She did. She did beer ads. She did uh, ads for WCW Halloween Havoc. You may have seen. Yeah, exactly. That, like yeah. that is my exposure to Elvira. Like I didn't know anything about uh-huh. this character at all, so I wasn't really particularly interested to watch her movie. But I had heard through you know friends in the in the horror community that it was just like, oh, dude, no, that movie's fucking hilarious. It's actually kind of a gem. Yeah, you should definitely great. watch it. So whenever. Uh, that got pulled from the smoking bowl. I was really stoked to watch it, and we just uh, sat down and checked it out last night. And dude, it is a fucking treasure. I think this movie it's hilarious. is hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. Really I think she is so incredibly smart mm-hmm. and funny and charming. Yeah, yep. I uh, I really really did like this movie a lot. When did you see this? I saw this as a kid. Um, I also saw uh, only new Elvira through commercials, but she had big boobs, Ben. Yeah, it's true. You can't argue. So with that. as a kid, I was like, "Well, I'm going to watch that movie." And um, there are no there are no breasts in this. It is just a comedy. And as a kid, I was like, "I like this movie a whole lot. Really funny." Yeah. So I may have rented it with my boob dar on full display, like you but, do. Uh, yeah, I I got way into it pretty quick because she is hilarious. She's very funny. You went in for boob, but what you found. Underneath the boob is a heart of gold. That's right. A heart <laughs> of gold. A gothic heart of gold. For real, man. Now, yeah. this movie, you know, was of course not the invention of the of the Elvira character. This had been a pretty long standing character by this point that Cassandra mm-hmm. Peterson came up with. But I don't really yeah. know how this fucking happened. Okay, so uh, Cassandra Peterson, uh, quick history on her. She was a go-go dancer in her teens, became uh, an exotic dancer in her uh, uh, 18 on uh, in Vegas. That's very different then from me, she... who was a stay-stay dancer, and then I was a domestic <laughs> dancer after that. A stay-stay dancer? Mm, I No, I remain okay. seated as I do the dances. And then I graduated to domestic dancing, where I only do that in the security of my own home. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
So um, she moved uh, to L.A. to become an actor, and she took classes at the Groundlings, um, Groundlings Theater in, in Los Angeles. Tons okay. of people you know have come through there, including Jim Varney, who we talked about, and uh, Paul Rubens, who we talked about. Um, and one of, th one of the things they encouraged was to create a character because in the eighties, uh, if you had a character, the TVs were coming for you, yeah. like TV, if you, if you had five minutes of stand up or some sort of character, you were going to get a TV show. Um, and so she, uh, she started doing a Valley girl type of character that morphed into what we have Elvira. Hmm. When she was uh, hired to be the horror host on the local uh, NBC affi affiliate in Los Angeles. Okay. So did she have a history show... of like being into horror movies before that, or is this something yes. that she just took on? Oh yeah, for the absolutely. Character? No, horror was her thing. Okay. Yeah. No, she she was way into horror before this, so uh, that's why she wanted that job. Um, but she she got the job, and that's where the Elvira character kind of became known in the Los Angeles area. That then got it to sort of national prominence with commercials and things, and that uh, caught the eye of Brandon Tartikoff at NBC, who had turned NBC around in the eighties. Like NBC basically was failing at at a certain point in the early eighties, and like. Johnny Carson was about to leave for ABC and like mm -hmm. they, they were really like falling apart. He came in, uh, got a bunch of stuff going, Knight Rider, et cetera, things like that. And then like eventually Seinfeld and like he fought to keep Seinfeld on the air, even though it had like bad ratings and stuff. So like he, he kind of gave us what would eventually be, you know, the, uh, uh, NBC Thursday nights and, and all that stuff. And they wanted to venture into making movies. Um, and so whenever they came to Elvira with the idea, like the idea was to do a television show, um, because that that's NBC's thing, but they were trying to venture into making movies and she thought a movie would be a better like platform for the character. And that's how we come to this. Hmm. There you go, man. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I never watched the show or anything. Like I said, I, I never really understood what any of that was about, but it seems like I don't. I from don't the... know if anybody like like the only way you would have seen the show outside of Los Angeles would have been the VHS and DVDs that came out later. Yeah. So like I think most people by the time this movie came out, if you had any knowledge of her, it was either you lived in LA or you saw commercials of her. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Well, from yeah. the uh the portrayal that we get in the movie, it seems like her job is to get together with a lot of people lay down on a couch while they watch a movie and make uh, funny little side jokes about it, which to me sounds like my dream job. I would love to do yeah. that. I'd love to lay on a couch yeah. and be hot and just uh, make jabs about horror movies. Sounds great. Yeah. Um, my my dream job would be to be Joe Bob Briggs and yours is to be Elvira. So we Perfect. should just start a, a show where we do that. You just lay on a couch and be hot and make sarcastic comments. I like it. You're a little bit country. A I'm a little rock and roll. Full and unjustified, complete history of a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> and this movie does indeed start off with a, a, a terrible movie. They're watching some good old fashioned, schlocky Roger Corman. Yeah, it's a, it's a Corman movie. movie. Yeah. And yeah, this you see movie, Dick Miller there. Oh, is that Dick Miller in that? 
Yeah, he's one. Of, he's the soldier. Yeah. Oh shit, dude! Big Dick Miller uh-huh. back again. Back again. Holy moly, man! And if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong about this. Um, what is the name of the movie that's at the start of this? It's something about took over the world, the alien that took over the world, or something or another. Yeah, I can't remember what the name of it was. I'll... If I'm not mistaken, it is the song that is referenced. Or sorry, it is the movie that is referenced in the song "Cheapness" by Frank Zappa. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I want to say it's like on. It might be on the live, like Roxy and Elsewhere record, but they play the song "Cheapness," and he kind of gives this description about this horrible, you know, black and white B movie where this like ice cream cone monster uh, is trying to take over the world. If I'm not mistaken, that was the source of that song, which is also just oh, a fucking cool. awesome tune anyway. But as soon as it started, I saw that ice cream cone monster. I was like, wait, hang on. I think this is from fucking, this is what cheapness is from. Pretty awesome. That's cool, man. Yep. And we're kind of yeah, presented. So, sorry. Yeah, we're presented with like how her television show was or, you know, the thing that she did that is lay on that. Like um, they recently on Shutter had the 40th anniversary special and basically recreated the exact set again. Whoa. And she she uh, showed her own movie, which was awesome. That's <laughs> like, awesome. Very meta. Yeah. Very cool. But yeah, it, it was cool to see her like on that set laying there and then cut to her movie. And it's her on that set laying there like, uh, you know, 30 years before. Or, <laughs> yeah, almost 40 years before. That's awesome, man. Yeah, this is yeah. also like kind of meta when you get down into it. Like it's kind of yeah, it kind is. of sort of highbrow meta horror where it's like she yeah. is in reality an actress playing this character who has a show, but she's also in this movie on a show, but in the movie the character isn't a character, the character is no. her. Yeah. It what? is her. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she is this Elvira character in real life, and in real life turns out she's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> also that. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love that. Uh, I love that little meta meta element. Like we've talked about it with these late '80s horror movies. Like there were a lot of sort of meta elements creeping in, and the yeah, the like to not try to just make this about like to divorce Elvira from the TV show she makes and just try to make this about the character by itself wouldn't have worked. I don't think. Like mm. to to connect it to the the character we are being told about. I mean, because honestly, again, not everybody had seen the show, but the character we're being told about as a as a TV star who is that person in real life is much more fun than anything they could have done trying to just create a a different backstory for Elvira. Yeah, definitely, man. And this character of Elvira, I I think is so funny and charming and, and yeah. captivating and and obviously yeah. you know just go ahead and get this out of the way extremely gorgeous duh oh yeah, yeah. uh-huh yeah cassandra peterson uh she she knows she's gorgeous i mean that's that's what she's playing on with the the character right like she's using her sexuality to increase her comedy which yeah. is wonderful it's genius it's great well and it's um, also too you know and again you got to think about the time period and everything but the impression that you get all over the movie is that she is using her obvious attractiveness and sexuality to get whatever she wants out of out of men and boys because yeah, she knows it's yeah. really easy. But at the same time, she can take care of herself and defend herself and is a badass too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's awesome. I mean, like, 
the character has like a million flaws and but like they're the perfect flaws for the horror audience right like we love everything about her we love her we love that she is this like she's incapable in the real world like she she's just not built for the real world whatsoever but she still just fucking confronts it anyway she just is is doing normal everyday things and dealing with people just staring at her boobs and just making jokes about her boobs and being <laughs> herself and it's wonderful and amazing like yeah I, I, I think you just don't you don't get enough of these uh women characters in the 80s like we we've talked about like uh final girls and like stronger like uh women characters in 80s horror but like rarely are they this assertive and aggressive about their own persona and who they are yeah and this is like just a celebration of that oh for sure man for sure yeah and i would love to know if there was a conscious decision made to be like how frequently can we literally just make my boobs the center of the screen? Just dead right. center right there in the middle. Because mm-hmm. there's so many times where you're watching this flick, and it, I mean, seriously, it's like her boobs are just the middle of the screen. And the weird thing about it is, <laughs> yep. is like it could come across as extremely exploitive. I think that if you, know, if you didn't know anything about the way that it was written and, and all this jazz, you could look at this and be like, man alive they really were just taking advantage of this woman but then not at all not really that's just kind of what she wanted to do with the character right yeah it's the character she created i mean she she co-wrote the movie like she she knows what she knows her assets she's she she is genius in that way like she is not trying to hide that she's a beautiful woman she's like i am a beautiful woman i will you know exploit that and and use it in in interesting ways where it's like she's dressed up like you know this this uh nightmare horror vixen type of character but literally no man ever seems to be affected by that appearance that's They're true always just like all right uh and, and i think like it's it's a, a strong sort of standpoint in the 80s to to come out as a woman saying like you can dress sexy and in fact you can dress however the fuck you want and everybody else just has to deal with it yeah like that's it that's their problem i mean that's the the central idea of this movie right is that a town has to learn to just fucking deal with it (laughs) like it's great like she's really empowering in that way yeah, it's almost very uh, like footloose-like in that way, where she has to go to this town to claim the estate of her right aunt that died and hopefully get some money so she can get her act together. And it's this town full of, of prudes, a uh, yeah. very prudish mm-hmm. town, where like nobody dances and everybody's really conservative <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And uh, she kind of helps them discover themselves in a way. I uh, I do question the outcome of that. Right. Like, uh, the sentiment is great, but yeah, it's also not, it's not realistic. <laughs> well, and there's that and it's just like I don't know if it's a great idea to like go and sexually empower an entire town where clearly like ev- like literally every man is a rapist. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if you should wake those guys up. Problematic men. <laughs> 
for sure. Oh my god! The only dude. guy you know for sure is like unproblematic uh, to the nth degree is Bob. Our man Bob, Bob is like pure himbo. Like, he's as pure as the driven snow. He is a he's just a sweet, handsome boy who doesn't think anything about anything and just uh, like I I it makes so little sense how he acts i love but it then like the because of the way the story develops and because of what you're talking about about how like every man in the town is just kind of like perving over her all the time totally and bob isn't and that's like her attraction to him is that he he isn't being that way he's this handsome dude who's just like Howdy, ma'am, and he's just like nice to her and stuff. Like, <laughs> it's just a big hunk, dude. Like that guy, just a big hunk with like very little like personality, honestly. But he's just a big hunky dude who's just like I'm with you. And I love how she is just like out to get that big hunky Bob Dick. Like, uh-huh. but he cannot figure it out. No, he's just so I think dumb. at this point he's just like, well, my dong's for pee peeing. I guess that's about yep. it. I think that's where his character is at, and she's just like. I know some other stuff you can do with that. <laughs> yeah, we could try a couple other things. Just we'll just, we'll see what see what happens. Yeah, see what pops up, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, man. Yeah, that that dude and his character are just so innocent and pure and funny. Uh but yeah, everybody else in the town is just horrible. Like the the new boss <laughs> that takes over her TV TV station the like right. uh, cowboy guy Longhorn or whatever everybody yeah. calls him Longhorn. Like yeah. he's the first yeah. guy in the movie to just out and out grab her boobs, and he's the first of yeah. probably like a dozen people in this that does that. But then also yeah. gets their fucking shit mashed in afterwards. It's not like anybody gets away with taking advantage of Alvira. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing about it is that like you can look back on a lot of '80s comedies. That would the premise would be look at this lady's boobs and oops I fell into your boobs and then she'd be like ah, okay but like this is this is like revert reversing that sort of or not reversing but subverting that that idea of like it, it's funny to pretend like you're touching boobs on accident or whatever to hey you're a fucking creep yeah <laughs> like. You stop being a fucking creep. Yeah. When she picks up that, that hitchhiker guy uh, at the start <laughs> yes. of the movie, and uh-huh. like the next thing you know, he's got all of his clothes off, but she's kicking him out of the car and like throws his axe at yeah. him and definitely kills awesome. him. I love when yeah. she blows up that gas station, too, with that creep <laughs> that was there. Oh, yes. my God. Oh, and dude, too, that gas station scene, uh, we got to talk about that fucking song that was playing in the background. Did you catch it? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just yeah. about like chicken fried steak and mashed potatoes chicken fried and gravy. Steak. Uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. probably the best song I've ever heard. Yeah, I was digging it and I was wondering, is that one of those Waffle House songs? Remember how Waffle House had like Oh, the their Waffle House juice songs? box thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. I was shit. wondering if that, because like, why else would you write a song about chicken fried steak? But then I thought like, because it's chicken fried fucking steak. Like, of course you'd write a song about it. That was also, dude, that Waffle House soundtrack stuff, that's when I, like, I really fucking gained a new level of respect for, oh, shit, what is his name, man? Modern country singer, Turtles All the Way Down, using the Dead Don't Die, Sturgill Simpson. Uh, Sturgill, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. He made a fucking Waffle House song, like, specifically to get on the Waffle House jukebox. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I was like, Sturgill, you fucking get it, dude. You know what's yeah. up. 
<laughs> yeah, because that's where that's where the cool audience is hanging out anyway, right? At the Waffle, Waffle House. House at 3 a.m. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's where Sturgill Simpson fans, I'm pretty sure, congregate. <laughs> yes, for sure. Sturgill Simpson fans are at the Waffle House. I mean, I'm a fan, and that's yeah, usually and why when wouldn't I, I be at the Waffle, Waffle House. House. So, right? makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she definitely gets her gets her ways on these guys that, that take advantage of her, which is refreshing to see, especially, like you said, coming from the usual you know bimbo role that buxom babes were played as yeah. in the 80s where it's just like whoops your yeah. face is in my chest again oh well oh no yeah she's <laughs> very self-aware of yeah. everything that's going on and uh <laughs> exacts justice yeah and then the central premise of like her inheriting this house and this adorable dog that becomes a punk rock dog which as a kid i wanted so bad oh my god rock dog that dog is awesome yeah and also this spell book so she's she's inheriting this from her great aunt who uh the painting is of cassandra peterson herself like in reality without the wig on um that's again like this subverting the idea of her inheriting something from a man. She's getting it from a woman and it being told that in fact she's had the power the whole time anyway. So like they, she did a really great job here, I think Cassandra Peterson of making sure that her movie like her character was always in on the joke and her movie is going to be more than just you know a bunch of dudes leering over her boobs. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that, that that central uh, story, the you know she inherits the the book, and uh, there's the evil uncle who uh, Cassandra Peterson wanted to be played by Vincent Price, but oh he, very nice, he didn't like the lurid, like sexual bits in the the movie. I don't know why. Anyway, um, but yeah, that 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 like that battle at the end. Like, aside from all the comedy and stuff that's happening, that battle at the end is fun. Like, she yeah, comes totally. out all Rambo style and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it is definitely very fucking funny the way that whole thing comes down. But it's also just like, I don't know, it, it's really engaging at that point where you're like, oh my God, like, he's got the fucking, he's got the book, he's got the ring. Like, there mm-hmm. are kind of like stakes at hand here. And I think yeah. that that villain character was played up pretty fucking well, I think. Mm hmm. Yeah. He his makeup was uh, you know understated, but also did make him look kind of demony and whatnot. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's subtle. That, like his look changes several times within the past, uh, the last like fifteen minutes or so of the movie, where he's right. like, continually getting more and more kind of evil and like de- demonic looking. And yeah. uh, the special effects work and stuff is good, man. There's not really like a ton of special effects in this. I think. Yeah, it's all pretty like uh, just normal like actors interacting with one another. It, it's you kind of forget it's a horror movie because like the first whole like like the main story is her getting the town's children to like accept her, and then the town want to burn her because you know what's his name evil guy suggests it. Uh, but then like her kind of winning over the town is sort of the main story that's going on there. So like this, the fact that this secondary story ends so like, well, like all those things come together, he kind of changes into this, like all the stakes come together. And then also like it connects back to that main sort of story of her winning over the town when he burns her house down. Which then leads the town to be like, we'll help rebuild. You know, that's super happy ending. Yeah. Uh, 
that that all like it, it's like just a pretty solid little story it it doesn't ever have to be too big no huh and i think the coolest like special effects moment in here was whenever she makes that uh well she thinks she's making a casserole out of the spell book but <laughs> yes. she like summons that demon in the pot that looked so much cooler than i was expecting it to way cooler yeah. than it had to uh-huh. look for sure way cooler than it had to look for for a movie you know that's but uh, is a comedy it's like really aiming for comedy to to really nail like this just like creature arm coming out that was really good i yeah. liked it and it never really comes back or anything she tries to bring it back whenever she makes the uh-huh. uh, the yeah. casserole again for the uh the morality club picnic event that they're having <laughs> Morality club picnic. Yeah. Turns out it just makes everybody want to fuck. And dude, wanna some of the lines fuck. at that point are just goddamn hilarious, man. That that part mm-hmm. where the dude is like holding up that hot dog and he's like, "Remind you of anything?" And then what's your name has like <laughs> a taco shell and she's like, "Remind you of anything?" And yeah, she wraps the hot dog in the taco shell and takes a big bite out of it. <laughs> it's so fucking Hard stupid. Shell taco dog yep <laughs> the most unexpected <laughs> part of that though was uh fucking what's her name i i just know her from uh plane trains and automobiles she's the lady in plane trains oh says, yeah edie mcclure fucked. yeah edie dude like she goes up to that guy and is like excuse me is this face taken <laughs> <laughs> it sits on his face yeah. like it sits what? on his face yeah what yeah. It's rad. Yeah, Edie McClurg, awesome in this. She's, uh, you know, uh, from uh, a million things, including Ferris Bueller and, as you said, Planes, Strains, Automobiles. You don't uh, know her Carrie. name, but you've seen something yeah. with her in it, for sure. You've definitely seen her in, in stuff. She was in uh, The Groundlings with Cassandra Peterson, as are, like, uh, four or five other actors in this. Cassandra Peterson really brought, you know, her, her whole uh, uh, Groundlings team in because she knew that they all worked together. So that's... Uh, you got some distinctive faces in there, but like, they're also just uh, you know some people that really gelled well with with uh, Cassandra Peterson who are in here. So, I, I I love again like that element to the movie, knowing that she she had had success from the Groundlings and she brought these other people with her. Yeah, she, there were there was also supposed to be a, a Pee Wee cameo. Paul oh, Rubens shit. was supposed to be in this, but. They were uh, shooting Pee Wee's Big Top at the same time, um, and uh, that that would have been cool though if Pee Wee oh, yeah. had showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But you know who we did get? We got in my dreams. I'm the Dungeon Wizard Master, and I have the power. <laughs> yeah, from old Dream did. Warriors. Yeah, we got uh, Ira Hayden or Hayden of uh, Dream Warriors. Yeah, he played the the wheelchair kid. His name's Ira. Ira, yeah. You can be. Named Ira and be under the age of 75? <laughs> In the 80s, you could. Seems impossible um, to me. This is really interesting to me. So he's one of the kids. There's that group of teenagers. One of the people who was almost cast to be in that group, a Mr. Brad Pitt. Oh, old hunky boy, huh? And Cassandra Peterson said, you can't have this kid on the screen with uh bob who's supposed to be my love interest because it won't make any sense why i'm not going after brad pitt elvira would want to fuck <laughs> this kid exactly well he wasn't a kid i mean he was in his <laughs> 20s at that point but like like and it's a good point he would be too handsome he would distract away from the the male lead 
to have Brad Pitt there because this is—I mean, this is the same year as uh, Thelma and Louise. So, oh, uh, so hunky. Good lord, we just watched yeah. it like two weeks ago. You and know he what was he's looking like? Off the yeah. chain, hunky back then, dude. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you get what her point was. <laughs> so she she was probably very right to have them not bring Brad Pitt in. Wow, man. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. But yeah, we did get him. I, I noticed that kid, the uh, the Dream Warriors kid, and it was one of those deals where I was like. I know this guy, but from only one thing. Hell, he could have been on our list. Because, like, you see that kid, and you're like, oh, it's the kid from fucking Dream Warriors. I couldn't yeah. put my finger on what I knew it from. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, I saw his glasses from the right angle. And I was like, oh, yeah. it's the wizard, Dream man. <laughs> With his huge collar on his wizard cape and stuff. Yeah, yeah. our second uh, uh, Dream Warriors person showing up in January with the kid from uh, Chopping Mall. That's true. Who- you only saw briefly in the opening credits, but still, he was there. Yep, yep, yep. There's a lot of other people in this cast that, again, you would not know them by name, but you know them from something Yeah, they're else. character actors you've seen in tons of stuff, for sure. Uh, the person who plays the anchor woman that you see is Tress McNeil, and she is the voice of so, like... She voiced so many things. Just oh. go look up her vo- her um, IMDb like for voices because it's so so much stuff. Like these, yeah, it's just a lot of like character actors and people that are funny. Like they 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 do a great job of looking like a, a small town though too. Because like Edie McClurg, she has that like small town feel to her. That's kind of what she's always cashed in on in most of her characters. Is she's she can be prudish looking or whatever, even though, you know, not her as a person. Uh, you got Kurt Fuller in here, uh, who you might not know by name, but if you see him, you know Kurt Fuller. Uh, this movie apparently was the movie that kept him in Hollywood. He was about to give up on acting entirely. Aww. He got this part. And if he hadn't got this part, we wouldn't have had him in Ghostbusters 2. Oh, shit. We wouldn't have had him in uh, the, all sorts of other stuff because he's in a million different things. Uh, this movie, like, uh, it, it's got this real solid cast without any stars other than Cassandra Peterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who is just kind of a, a star for one thing. I mean, she's not even really a yeah. movie star. She's exactly. No, yeah, exactly. She's known for that character. So really, the character is the star. Yeah, that is honestly yeah. it. Yeah, because most people don't even know the name Cassandra Peterson. Like, I don't right. think I would have known so, that name before we did this movie, honestly. Yeah, so you can kind of see maybe why it bombed at the box office, but watching it, it's like, well, this is really good. I think this would have got word of mouth. And then reading about it, um, basically what happened was that the distribution company, New World Pictures, went um, bankrupt. Oh. And they there was just no money in the budget to promote it so it just didn't get promoted that sucks. And still almost made the budget back so I, I think this would have done well if that hadn't happened and she might have gotten i mean she has made more movies of course but there's a sequel she really wants to make to elvira mistress of the dark and in fact i think last year she said in an interview she still would love to make it and oh, i would shit. still love to see it yeah, if it's the same kind of tone and this same kind of humor, then I am absolutely all here for it. And she's still yep. gorgeous and can play the character. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Seven no years there. old, looking great. Jeez, dude, that's amazing. Yeah, This movie's mm-hmm. fucking hilarious. Like, I was not prepared so for yeah. how just campy, stupid, funny this movie yep. was going to be. 
Uh, yep. I think, you know, first and foremost, of course, there are so many boob jokes throughout the movie and some of them are yeah. from some of them are from the male characters obviously and so, sometimes they're very disgusting and stupid but then other sure. times they're like that was so pointlessly inserted into here that it's funny like whenever um, right she's talking to the mechanic guy old mechanic <laughs> guy and uh this isn't like, even oh, so, a joke no it's so funny though. yeah because she's like, oh, I guess I'm stranded. I'm going to have to wait on this part to come in to fix my awesome car. That car is fucking so sick. Yeah. And he's just like, yep, it's going to be a while or whatever. Then she like walks off and the camera just kind of stays there until he goes, nice tits. And that's yeah. it. Like, why is that in well, the like, movie? It's so funny. I mean, like, I think I think the, the, the real way that works there is that like, because he's just like droning on about what's going to have to happen for her car and she is ignoring it entirely and yeah. just walks away and he just says nice tits at the same <laughs> volume because it's like, oh, she's not listening to no. me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah the majority of the the breast jokes are made by her yeah she's yeah. she's the one who's making most of those those like uh those tiny little like just references to boobs constantly because <laughs> i mean again she knows her assets and she knows what's funny like yeah yeah she's nailing it including just the completely pointless she's driving in her car at the start of the movie and she's of course eating a hot dog and the camera uh -huh. just shows like the hot dog fall out of the bun and it just like hits her boobs and that's oh, yep. the joke. <laughs> like, and that's the nothing joke. ever hot comes out of the that. boobs. <laughs> yep. Like, she why? Knows, I mean, she so is genius. She just knows. Like she's still selling her sexuality. She knows she's selling tickets with her boobs. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. She's she is a businesswoman. She has a good mind for this. Like she knows that she is selling tickets to pervs. She's dealt with pervs her entire life. She doesn't give a shit as long as she gets the money that the pervs pay for the ticket. Yeah, I mean, that's the Elvira character yeah. in a nutshell. Like, even whenever she yeah. does the whole, like, home renovation, and she's like, I don't know, I'll just fucking, you know, bend over and put my butt up in the air and be like, somebody yep. come help me fix my house up, and suddenly there's, like, yep. a legion. And it works. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this has definitely got some, like, big buy energy, too, throughout this whole movie, too. Where, oh, like, yeah. Chicks are checking her out, too. Even, like, the Amish people at the start of the movie. Yeah. Like, the Amish guy Everyone and his wife. Everyone checks her out. Everybody it checks her constant. out. Yeah. Big old bi mm -hmm. energy, which, of course, you know, now, of course, we, we see, like, really links up with, like, oh, she's been in a relationship with a woman for yeah, 20 she years. she is bisexual. Yeah, she... She is, yeah, been in a relationship with a woman 20 years. She revealed that uh, uh, pretty recently with her uh, autobiography. And Which I would love to read. That she did around that. I downloaded it to read for this, but again, had to prepare for two movies this week and just didn't have the time. But I am still going to like listen to it because I'm so interested in hearing. Like some of the stuff I read, you know, that is in it. I was just like, I got to know that whole story. Does she narrate um, it? I don't know. I didn't check. I hope so. I hope she does. She's I don't think she does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she came out as uh, having been in a relationship with a woman for the past 20 years. She's also said that since she's come out that it's it's kind of hurt a little bit with, uh, you know, her uh, money making at the conventions and stuff because, really? uh, yeah, some, you know, some men, you know how they are. They have the most uh, insane delusions that... I'm going to go to this conference and meet Elvira and we'll fall in love, I guess. And then they find out she's in a relationship and it's over. Yeah, um, I've been a man for a long time and I can tell you, we uh, we are the dumb. 
So yeah. that does happen. Yeah. That does happen. So, Very dumb, yeah. and yeah, it's yeah, it, it it's ridiculous. She's just an icon. Like people are always gonna be on her side. I feel like even if some idiots fall off because they find out she's in a relationship. Yeah, who cares, man? Get on her. Yeah. Get on her for fucking yeah. feeling comfortable being her damn self. I, I hate that she has those pressures of you know being like, okay, my entire character is sort of wrapped up in yeah. being this. Very, very, you know, comically over-sexualized woman that men yeah. lust after. And if I'm myself, that might break the reality. It might break the illusion of this fake character I portray. Right. So stupid, well, she did man. This, she did the same uh, sort of smart thing Dolly did. You know how, uh, I don't know, maybe you've heard these stories, but Dolly uh, will take off the wig and the makeup and just be out in public and nobody recognizes her. Right, yeah, like, yeah. And I, I, I'm sure Cassandra Peterson can do the same. She's a redhead. She's not, uh, you know, got this huge black bouffant and stuff like. I'm sure when she takes the makeup off, she can just be Cassandra Peterson. I'm and sure. That's, that's like, I, I bet that's great to be able to hide in that character and say the things you want to say in real life. Like she's definitely, like, Elvira definitely gets to be a voice of like. Maybe not uh, rage, but a voice of like, I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of being treated this particular way. I'm going to fight back. I'm going to say something back or do something back. Mm -hmm. It's cool. It's it, it's a cool character for sure. Yeah, I think so, man. And I'll tell you what else is fucking cool. That damn paint job they do on her house. <laughs> I loved it. It I is love rad. It. It's fucking it's awesome. It's so cool. It's so good. It's so cool. I would love to have yeah. that house and that car and a fucking punk rock dog. Oh, punk rock dog. Like, man, I like I I don't want a poodle. I like my my uh great grandmother had a poodle when I was a kid and I remember just like always being afraid of it. So like I've got this weird childhood not like it's no longer a fear or anything, but just the childhood like uneasiness with poodles. Oh yeah. Uh, but that poodle, I always was just like, that would be the coolest. And then I was like, oh, but you couldn't make a, a dog look like that. Then I was like, watching it as an adult, I was like, the dog wouldn't care. <laughs> the dog would be cool with being a punk rock dog. Why would he give a shit? Or turn it into a punk rock little mouse that still has all Aww. the same little accoutrements on it. It's still yeah. wearing like the Or just a big belt. ass Doberman. Just a, as a Roddy, actually. Big old Rottweiler. Oh, Rottweiler. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I love that. Also love, too, is that there at the end of the movie when it's looking like she's going to get like burned at the stake. She's like, at least you'll make it through, little buddy. But they have like a secondary <laughs> little pyre that they're gonna burn the dog at the stake. I <laughs> they're guess they're gonna burn the dog at the stake. So stupid, oh, man. man. That shit yeah. cracked me up. Apparently, too, man. Like that scene where they were filming, uh, you know, her being like burnt at the stake. The flames were so hot that it like melted her wig to her head at one point. Yeah. And especially that as somebody has, who has apparently pretty extensive burn scars, like she said, the reason yeah, that... Yeah, she has some burn scars on her back yeah, and chest. Yeah, yeah that had to be the scary. Wig. Like, she, she kind of wears yeah. the wig and the costume specifically to kind of cover her, her burn scars. I don't even know what that is from. Yeah. Maybe she talks about that in the book. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I read a, a couple of different things, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But uh, she, yeah, she, she definitely, like, that's something I feel like... That's just like some sort of insane bravery, like where you've had that bad experience before and then you're like, hey, for a fun little silly movie, 
I'll almost get burnt to death. Like, yeah. <laughs> shit. That's that's badass. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that, you know, Jason Voorhees doesn't go swimming for fun. Pretty sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'll follow <laughs> you on the bank. He's not coming in after you. No, he's like, oh, I'm fine out here. Kiki, kiki, ma, 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 ma. <laughs> yeah, I get it, man. Yeah, this movie too, dude, I meant to do some research and check it out, but the sets and set design in this, I think, are really good, and a lot of them were really familiar. Whenever she arrives to the yeah. town, I was almost certain that it was the same town set that like Gremlins and Back to the Future was filmed on. They look so similar. Hmm. I didn't see anything about that, but I mean, it's an NBC production, so it's just going to be you know on a, on a backlot. It probably shares some of the same similarities or whatever. I would imagine. Yeah, like I'm not I'm yeah. not sure about what it is, but I swear it just seems so familiar. And it's really yeah, it is just like a bright, fun, vibrant movie. Like this is perfect for a Saturday afternoon. This is also yeah perfect for the middle of Halloween season. Like you and I have talked about for a million sure, times. Yeah. Like during Halloween, we just kind of want to watch the fun. Uh, yeah funny childish halloween movies this is totally going in my regular rotation now like this is yeah getting added to the october lineup for sure yeah i had forgotten about this movie until they did shutter did that uh elvira 40th anniversary thing and she showed it first and i remembered like oh i loved this as a kid and watching it again was just like oh man this is great this is still funny and then now watching it for the podcast breaking it down just being like yeah no this is this is fun this is a fun movie i really enjoy it and i think yeah if if you haven't uh seen it i i by the way i looked up who submitted this tommy sanders tommy sanders thank you for getting us to talk about this tommy if samuel you... sanders as he's known <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know where it got sam from i don't know anyway uh if you haven't seen it and you've just been listening up to this point i mean we you can't spoil it it's a comedy go watch it like really like it, it it's um it's a fun time yeah definitely and like i said there's things in here where i was watching this with the eye of like okay it's an 80s comedy with a voluptuous yeah woman. there's gonna like, be some bad stuff right yeah like how badly has this this age like do you think that this has uh -huh. you know aged in a way where it's like if you were a a young person watching this for the first time you'd watch it and be like man the 80s were fucked up or do you think it still stands through like the things we were talking about where you're like, Oh no, she's using her sexuality to get what she wants out of men, but can also defend herself and stand up for herself. Like, I wonder how a young person views this. Do you think it has yeah. aged well? Uh, that is an interesting, because I mean, definitely her use of her sexuality to manipulate teen boys is uh, weird. When you and, say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean at this time, like, okay. So, Mary Kay Letourneau was like the big first time that uh, a teacher having sex with a student thing kind of blew up. And that was like 94. I remember talking to my mom at that point and her being like, oh, yeah, that used to happen all the time when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And then me finding out that teachers fucking students was a common thing for a Yikes. while. Uh, so I think that is even in 94, my head was like, yeah, I guess teenagers shouldn't be seduced by adults. So, like, by this point, yeah, it would look weird. But I don't know, even because it's a comedy and it's clear that she's not going to have sex with them, that she is manipulating them. I don't know if that ages too badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody that, hmm. like, gropes her or puts hands on her immediately yeah, they gets get their, their shit pushed in. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. so it's like, 
I mean, yeah. do you usually see that? Like a woman's boobs getting grabbed like a million times in a movie? No. No. But also but nobody gets away with it. So Nobody gets away with it. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, I think it's still I think it still would probably for a younger audience still probably hold a lot of the same comedy and a lot of Yeah, a lot of the jokes would still fit and work. Um Yeah, I don't know. Uh, if you're a, a teenager out there listening, let us know. Did you like Elvira? I don't know how many teenagers listen to podcasts. Probably like three. Slip into our TikTok DMs and <laughs> let us know if you thought the movie was whack or if it was hot. Wow. Yeah. They Listen, you've really appealed to the, the Gen Zs. Yeah, to the Utes. To the Utes. I speak their language. <laughs> eggplant emoji, eggplant emoji, peach emoji. You guys know what I mean. <laughs> you guys know. Water gun. Mm-hmm. What? Hey, you know what? I just heard back from them. Uh, red 100 emoji. <laughs> they said to me. <laughs> so. You are fucking in it with these kids. You know what the score is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm the one that brings them to the to the pot. I'm like the fucking uh, the Pied Piper of the Utes. Yeah, that was a, that's a good idea. That's a good thing. The mm-hmm. Pied Piper of the youth. That's right. I got that. That's I got not that, gonna uh, lead to child murder. Or no, anything. no. I, I got that uh that YouTube energy. I got that big tube energy, they say about big me. Big tube energy. Yeah, they say, you know old Ben Eller, he's got that big tube energy. That I mean, listen, if somebody told me I had big tube energy, I would take it as a compliment, even though I'm not sure what it means. I'm pretty sure sure that your uh, urologist pretty much said that whenever you got a vasectomy <laughs> he recently. Did. He was like, yo, bro, big tube energy. That vas deferens. <laughs> Woo. More like a mass deferens, he said. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Big tube That's energy. That's right. That's big right. Big tube energy. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a fun one, man. Horror comedies are always one of those things that are kind of tough where you're just like, well, there's not really that much meat to dive into because if you explain yeah. jokes, it's not funny anymore, but this yeah, movie it's to not me funny. was yeah. It was just such a fun surprise for me. Like there's so yeah. few movies yeah, that too. I find getting added into that Halloween feel good roster. So it really like makes me very excited mm-hmm. whenever I come across one where I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to watch this like every year now because yeah. this is fucking yeah. funny. Kate loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. a fucking great time, man. Do you got any other uh, points of interest you want to want to talk about here? No, I mean, I think that I think you're exactly right. It is hard when it is just a straight comedy like this. Like, you know, I think we've picked at the, the, the real meaty bits here. There's not a ton more to say except it it is solid like i think it does stand up um and i think like especially you know with uh now that it's it's been 40 years since uh her show and all that stuff like i th- i think it's time for everybody if you haven't seen this like you really need to just give it a chance and let El- let elvira come into your heart there you go and change you there make you, go. you a better person I think so, man. I think so. Yeah, it is definitely just a very fucking good time. I was very amused the entire time we watched it. The The pacing is great. It's only like an hour yeah. and a half, so it's a really yeah. easy watch. It, it just moves along. Like, there's so many jokes just constantly flying. Oh, yeah, dude. And it's the kind of thing where, you know, you'll be laughing about one thing and miss another joke because you're still laughing about the thing that happened first. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm sure the next time that I'll rewatch this later on this year, I will catch things I didn't this time, so... Definitely yep. fucking fun. Very enjoyable. Uh, you know, I rate on those good times. So this, to me, 
This is fucking high. I had a blast watching this, dude. This is like uh, it's like an eight and a half for me. <laughs> like I really wow. like this movie a lot. I was gonna say the same. Uh, I have I have nostalgia for it as well. Um, uh, I don't. So we're that, being objective, but, and you you don't. You're just coming at it fresh. But yeah, I think this is just super solid and fun. And you know, if um, I, I, if you watch it and you you see something we miss, let us know. But I I do just think this is just a good solid comedy that holds up. I reckon so, man. I reckon so. Now next week on the show we're gonna be talking about a real real good movie. That is mm-hmm. definitely fucking freaky and fucked up. But before we tell you what it is, we're going to tell you guys to support our show on Patreon and follow yep. us on all the social medias and all that. Yep. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Uh, head on over there. Become a patron on any level. You get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes. Become a patron on $5 level. You get to submit a movie to the smoking bowl. And then I draw the movie and then I say the movie and then we review the movie and then I mess your name up. Like we did today. That's just how it works. It's a promise. Like, just like today. <laughs> it's a promise. What can I say, man? Yeah. Yes, so be sure to support us on there. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does make a difference. Spotify yeah, is really does. easy. You don't have to sign into shit. You just click that's review awesome. and you give it five yeah. stars and that's it. So it just takes a second next time you're on that app. So be sure to go and do that stuff for us. Follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, all that stuff. It's easy to find with our Linktree page. Yeah. Yep. Linktree forward slash dead and lovely. Uh, it's got everything. The links to all the stuff, Instagram, etc., as well as the link to the Friday night screaming chat slash ice cream Sunday. Come join us. It's always a blast. Uh, not the movie we watch, but the chat we have. Yeah, the, there you the, go. S- the stream itself, not fun. Mm, like if you mm. just sat there in silence, you'd be like, "Why are we doing this?" Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not it's in the silence. chat. Yeah, you're chat. We're not. We're the chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So come and hang out with us and stay tuned for next week's episode in which we are going to be talking about C7. That's right. Seven. Seven. C7. N. C7. We're we're talking about the old C7. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Mighty Cucks. C7. The Mighty Cucks? Holy shit. Has anybody written that movie yet? <laughs> 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 Just stumbled right into that one, but that is a thread oh. of its own. The Yikes. Mighty Cucks? How have we never fucking made this cucks. up? Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Holy shit. We're going to explore that some more. There's some, some more to anyway, be drawn yeah. out of that idea. Trademark Dead Level, we'll just go ahead and put our name Definitely. On. But we are going to talk about David Fincher's 7 next week, so... The, uh, join us yeah do some homework join us now join us now fuck kevin spacey he's a bad person yeah well we get that out of the way yeah fuck kevin spacey but you know uh, well, he's definitely not playing a good guy in this movie so. exactly i was gonna say like it kind of likes the, like to look at him as a villain in this it's like oh yeah he yeah. he is a villain in this. yeah bad guy turns out not a nice guy really yeah yeah so it works so yeah, be sure to tune in to that one next week uh, and we'll check it out and have a good chin wag about it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. Unpleasant dreams, lovelies. Bye. Bye. So as we long have established on the show, every... UK person listens to the Beatles all the time, right? All the time. 100% of the time, it's the Beatles. 
Excuse me, love, I've got to go turn the Beatles off, don't I? Mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. Well, what were you doing at that point in the day? I was listening to the Beatles. As we on have the wireless. frequently established. Mm-hmm. I got to thinking about this. And what I want to know is, what did the Beatles listen to? Oh. Okay? Because I'm thinking this is interesting. I'm thinking that they were all just, like, hanging out, just doing stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe Paul was like, Oi, John, it'd be better if we had a little bit of something to listen to, wouldn't it? Oi. And then John, I think, was like, But there aren't any bands, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) There's no UK bands that we could listen to. Maybe we ought to start one and make music as the Beatles. Your Beatles impressions are stellar. Yeah, spot on. And they all Mm -hmm. sound different is the thing. Yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh. And then I'm thinking somewhere, like, off in the corner, Ringo is like, I've got a song I'd like to write about an octopus's garden. (laughs) (laughs) Now, is it possible that they were all just sitting around listening to Yakety Sax and they were like, hey, fellas, I think we could do this. (laughs) Oh, I think we've got a shot at it, don't we? Because before the Beatles, it had to have been only Yakety Sack. That was the only choice, I'm pretty sure. That was it. (laughs) Oi, would you like to listen to the Beatles? But John, what are the Beatles? (laughs) (laughs) And that was was George, I guess? Yeah, that was George. I'm glad. Well, duh, of course it was George. Who did you think it was, Paul? Come on. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I haven't watched that Beatles documentary yet, but I'm pretty sure that's how it starts. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely <laughs> like that. Let's go to Germany, fellas. 